Amen. Thank you so much, Dad. And, um, you know, the, the times that we're living in, they can be definitely scary. And I, I've thought a lot about it this year, as I know that all of you have as well. And one of the things that I've recognized is that biblical leadership produces security in scary times. And I just want to uh, honestly commend, and you can say it's biased because I'm their son-in-law, I don't care. I just want to commend uh, my parents, Greg and Michelle Haswell, for leading us well, making us feel secure. So grateful for you guys. Make me want to be a better leader. And uh, uh, especially in light of the week that we've had, I, I can't think of a better subject to talk about when it comes to the, the subject of service. Service for us is a high, high value here at Northlands because as Greg and Michelle alluded to, when we look at the life of Jesus, we, when we look at who he was and how he operated on earth, there's a few things that you just cannot get away from. And if you claim to be a Jesus follower, uh, there's probably several different elements and attributes of who Jesus is that we could apply to our life. But the three biggest for me, uh, the first one is primarily love. You can't get away from the fact when you look at Jesus, you cannot get away from the fact that the, the way in which he dealt with mankind, not because we deserved it, but because he was full of grace and truth and love. And so we embrace statements like, Love is going to be our primary mode of operation, how we deal and connect with one another. And then also another attribute of Jesus, you can't get away from it, is his generosity. In every aspect of his life, he was so incredibly generous, even giving up his very life for the sake of humanity to, to, to save us. And so we always wanna carry a spirit of generosity. And then obviously it brings us to service. You cannot get away from the fact that when you look at the life of Jesus and who he preached and called us to be and who he modeled for us, he called us to be servant leaders in every aspect and facet of our life, washing his disciples' feet the week that he's betrayed. I don't know what you do on the, on the last week of your life, but washing my best friend's feet, not on my to-do list. And yet Jesus models this for us and says, if you wanna be great in my kingdom, you don't wanna talk about what it means to be a citizen of the kingdom and to be a great citizen in this kingdom, bring yourself incredibly low. Walk with humility, walk with grace, and walk with patience. And so for me, we talk about service, and we're going to talk about signing up for grace teams and all those things. But for me, it's always a privilege to, to preach, but it's such a privilege when I get to preach about something that I'm passionate about. And the reason I'm so passionate about it is because we want to be Jesus followers. And so we're going to commit ourselves to being uh, servant leaders. Another reason why service is such a high value for us is because of our grace teams. If you're brand new to Northlands, you're not sure what a grace team is. Uh, grace teams are all the teams of service around the life of the church. If you look at any man, woman, or child who is serving in any capacity, uh, they're a part of a grace team. And we call them grace teams uh, because we take it from 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10. It says that when it comes to the gifts that you and I have, that we possess the strengths that we have, it says that these are graces, these are gifts from God. And then he tells us, you know what good stewardship of those gifts look like? It's not just growing in the gift that you have, but it's actually taking that gift, growing it, and how you serve others with it. He goes, when you give your gift away in service for others, that is what I deem and measure as good stewardship. And so we call these uh, grace teams. At the end of the day, this is what we are hoping for as, as leaders here, as a community here. We know that the God of the universe took every cell in our being as individuals, and he intentionally made us for a reason. We wanna help discover the reason of why God made you, and we want you to be great at that reason. And then to take it a step further and to use that reason to impact the world around you. And so for us, service for me is something that I am incredibly, incredibly passionate about. Now, I also love uh, preaching every January. We take the two weeks in January to talk about grace teams because as a communicator, if you've ever had to do any sort of communication, it's incredibly difficult. 
but it's always, always much easier when you have a very clear goal in mind. And my, my goals today could not be laid out more clearly, which makes my job a whole lot easier. Uh, the, the, the one goal that I wanna speak to you just for all of our members, if you're a member here at Northlands Church, the goal that I have for us is I would like 100% of our members to sign up to be a part of a grace team or grace teams. It doesn't get any easier than that. It's just laid out 100%. And when I say 100%, uh, I wanna come over to the camera here and I wanna also acknowledge the fact that we have members that are in their homes right now. And I just want you to know, we are praying for you. We are committed to you. And you are absolutely one of us. You are one of the members here. And just because we're disconnected physically, we are spiritually connected. And I just want you to know, when I say 100% of members, I am absolutely speaking to you. I recognize the fact that the way that we serve might be different from last year and this year, but we've been thinking about that. And we want you to know that there are several teams that we've been looking at and asking the question, how can we engage those who are watching from home and online? And so I'm going to talk about this a little later in, in the message, but I just want you to know that if you go to Northlands Church and you check out our grades teams, you're going to see all the teams listed and there'll be asterisks next to certain teams. Those teams have the ability uh, to be what we would say COVID friendly. They are uh, opportunities for you to serve, whether it be on a solo project just by yourself being commissioned to do something for the church or also working in smaller teams. For example, and I'll talk about this later on the maintenance team, they meet here at the building, small groups of people, but then they spread out all over the building. It's a great opportunity for you to come and to bring your strength because what you have is indispensable. It is absolutely needed and we miss you guys. Now. I also wanna address the fact that you're going, well, Tyler, what if I'm not a member at Northlands? For us, grace teams, it's a privilege for us, for all of our members to be able to serve on a grace team. But if you're here today and you're a guest in the house, I want you to know the next 20 to 25 minutes is not wasted. I have been thinking about you specifically as well. Uh, because today, when we talk about service, we can't get away from talking about the purposes of God that he has for each and every one of you. I'm probably gonna quote myself multiple times over, quote Greg. There's a message that he's preached and it's just stuck in my heart. He says this, he says, there's a giant of a God in you and he dreams great dreams for your life. Whether you're a member here at Northlands or whether you're a guest, that is such a true statement that there's a giant of a God in each and every one of you and he dreams incredible and great dreams for you. As I talk about purpose, I want you to know that every single one of us has these moments where we're sitting here perhaps listening in a, in a set like this, perhaps we're at coffee with somebody or a friend and they speak to us and they just say a phrase, something that sticks out in our minds and it awakens something in us and we're changed. It might not change the circumstances of our life, but it changes something on the inside of us. And as, as I'm talking today, my hope is that as I'm speaking about the purposes of God, something would awaken in all of us, especially those who are guests in the house. And I just want you to take the courage to have the next step, just to take the next step of exploring the purposes of God for your life. And so if, if the goal for their members is 100% of our members sign up for Grace Team, then if you're a guest in the house, my goal is next week we have an About Us class. The About Us classes will be right after the service around 10.45 or 11, and that class is just an opportunity for you to ask questions about this community. Because God is calling us not just to the purposes that he has for our own individual life, but he calls us to a greater purpose, what we're gonna talk about, and it is the, the local church. The church is called to be the hope of the world, and he has a part for you to play in it. And we wanna talk about that in the About Us class. We're gonna talk a little bit about our community, but we would love for you to ask questions and to explore. So I just want you to know, as we're talking about this, I would love for our members to sign up to be a part of a grace team. But if you're here today and you're a guest, I want you to come and check out this class and I want you to explore the purposes that God has for your life. Is it fair? All right, so that's what I want us to do. Here's what I'd love for us to know. If there was one thing that I could just embed in our head, in our heart today, 
And I don't wanna be overdramatic. I thought about many different phrases and as I was wordsmithing this, and I, but, but for me, and I'm, maybe this sounds dramatic. If there was a single phrase as, the, as one of the leaders here at Northlands that I could embed into the DNA, into the mind and heart of every single member, it would be around this phrase. Not because it has anything to do with grace teams or service even per se, it does, but I think it even transcends that. It really has to do with the approach of how we, how we approach church, how we approach being a member of the body of Christ. It's a philosophy that I would want for us to embrace. It's a, in other words, it's when we, when we walk into the door every single Sunday at Northlands, the question being, what's on your mind? If I had a magic wand, I would love for this to be in the mind of every single one of us. And so I'm gonna do two things. I'm gonna break it apart. I don't know how you work, but when I define something, sometimes it helps me to say this is what it is and this is what it is not. And so in that kind of connection, it helps me get really clear about what it is that we're called to do. So I wanna talk just for a moment about what we are not called to do, and I wanna stay on that part of the phrase for a moment, and then we'll talk about the phrase as a whole, if that sounds good. The first part, and I just wanna be clear, and I think this is the local church, but specifically here at Northlands. Here at Northlands, I want us to be clear as members we are not inviting people to come and to consume a great product. Here at Northlands Church, we are not inviting people to come and to consume a great product. And I wanna pause here for a minute because I just wanna be really clear. What we produce here at Northlands with excellence and passion in our heart, I believe it is something that is, is very good. I believe that if you invite somebody to come, they are going to receive something profound. If you can call it a product, I think that's fine. And, and, and it just, again, to lay out my heart, every aspect of what we do here at Northlands, there's a dream that it just continues to get better and better and better. I have a dream for our, our children's ministry and our youth group that it would continually thrive, that it would continually grow and have impact in our schools and in our city, that we would have passionate leaders ready to awaken the next generation. I have a, a dream that our worship team would continually attract more and more and more musicians with the heart after God, that we would write songs that would flow out of the doors of this house that would become anthems for our city. I pray that moments like this and in programs like this or events that we have, conferences, if we meet midweek during the summer, that these would be moments that are just incredibly well thought out so that when people come in that they would receive something that would absolutely transform their life. I absolutely, absolutely want that. It is not that this is bad at all. And this is the struggle with church world in my experience. It's not that this is bad at all, I actually think it's good. And sometimes the enemy of something that is great is not a bad thing, but a good thing. Because for me, I think that there's a better thing that God has for us. I think that when Jesus said, I am building my church and the purpose of that church is gonna be so powerful, so profound, it will not be stopped no matter what. It'll be built up by many different unique members, but together united under one purpose. And when Jesus was talking about the ecclesia, the gathering, the body, I think he had something even bigger than this. Here at Northlands, we're not inviting people to come and to consume a great product. Here at Northlands, we're inviting people to come and to be a part and commit to a great purpose. And there's a big difference between the two. Option one is not bad at all for me. If I look at that, dude, here, here's how I would phrase it. We all have neighbors and coworkers and kids in our school and, and their coaches and, and their peers and our coworkers, people we're meeting in the grocery store, the coffee shop, there are people that we are meeting and they share their stories with us. And they talk about how their marriage is falling apart and how their finances are completely strapped and exhausted, especially after 2020. And they talk about how their kids are in complete rebellion and all that. And you just say, man, if you would just come and be a part of this community, I know that you will receive something that will absolutely transform your life. And that's what option one does for us. 
You say, Tyler, transformation, that's what we're about. Absolutely. But I, let's call a spade a spade. 2020, it beat the snot out of us in many different ways. It just did. You can put lipstick on that pig, as, as Greg would say. It's still a pig at the end. And what I have found can happen in our lives is that when we keep getting beat down and beat down and beat down, our dreams get smaller and smaller and smaller and our prayers become smaller and smaller and smaller. And we begin to ask questions about God and we begin to ask questions about our life and we begin to pray prayers of, Lord, would you just make me whole? Good prayer. But Jesus wants more for your life than just to be whole. The American dream is too small of a thing to give your life to. It will leave you with a shell, a promise that there is something more and you attain that thing and many of you have that thing and there's nothing wrong with it. Again, it's a good thing, not a bad thing, not an evil thing. I just think it's too small of a thing for those who were created in the image and likeness of God himself that we would have a life that is lived out on purpose. Option one, it promises to, live, to deliver a life that is good. But option two, it promises to deliver a life that matters. God doesn't just want, Jesus doesn't just want your life to be transformed. He wants your life to be transformative. I don't just want your neighbors to come in and to receive a great message or to, to be received in our community and that their marriage would be made whole. I want your neighbor's marriage to be so on fire for the things of God that when they go back into their neighborhood, their marriages would light other marriages on fire. That your children not only would not be in rebellion and that they would love you and sing your praises, but also that you would be a family that ministers together to reach other families and to change lives. This is the dream of the church. This is what we are called to do. And the way in which this mission moves forward is through generosity and service. Not just any service, but your service. It takes everyone to reach everyone. And what you have to bring, it matters. And so let's not sell ourselves short on a dream that our life will be transformed when we pursue the things of God. But more than that, the dream that Jesus had for every single one of us was to grow in the strengths that we have and to live lives that are transformative. And this is what the church, the ecclesia, is called to do. And so I wanna talk about this why, this thing that we are here to invite people to come and to commit and be a part of a great purpose, that we all have individual purposes, but together as we come together, many members, very different, different experiences, different beliefs, different partisanship, we all come together and we serve a king with a single purpose. Let's get beyond this idea of dreaming for survival or even thriving, but rather that we, our lives, would be catalysts to help others thrive. That is the dream in the heart of God, that when God thought up the local church, that he made us to be the hope of the world, not just that we would be a light on a hill, but that as we drew people out of darkness, their lives would become lights as well. So I wanna preach a message today that I'm calling Making Shiny Eyes. Because as we talk about the purpose of your individual life, I don't think you can get away from this. You can't talk about the purpose of your life without including someone else, both in those who help reveal your purpose, but you're used to unlock the purposes of somebody else. The church is continually unlocking pieces of purpose and individual lock, and that, that, that process of unlocking a piece of purpose, uh, we call that making shiny eyes. 
And I don't know about you, and I don't know your story, I'll share a little bit of mine in those moments where uh, somebody made my eyes shine and when God used me to be a, a light and to help somebody else shine. These stories of transformation happen because uh, men and women decided to step up and to bring a willing heart of service and courage. Uh, I, I, can't, I can't think about my life without thinking about individuals uh, who helped me get to where the Lord has called me to be, specifically even in this space, communicating and preaching the gospel. Uh, it probably goes without saying, but my parents, uh, they, they, both my parents and my in-laws, they continually uh, make my eyes shiny for the things of God. But there's a couple specifically growing up that I, every time I think about the call and destiny of God on my life specifically, but I know for many lives that they've impacted, I cannot not think about John and Sandy Pfeiffer. John and Sandy Pfeiffer, they were my children's ministry uh, pastor and my youth pastor growing up. They were with me uh, from really the age of six or seven all the way into graduating high school. And John and Sandy, uh, we were all a part of a very small church, about 40 uh, to 50 people or so. And even though we were a small church and had limited resources, I'm just so grateful for the church because they gave resources generously for our children's ministry and our youth uh, group program. But with that being said, John and Sandy, they were, uh, they were uh, uh, he was a UPS driver and she was a stay-at-home mom. Didn't have a background in childhood development or education. Uh, didn't have a ton of resources at their disposal and there wasn't a program at our church at the time. And so for me, when I think about courageous leadership, I think about John and Sandy. Because John and Sandy had limited resources, nothing that pointed to the qualifications of, oh, you should be leading the children or the youth. And they didn't, have a, they didn't have a program that they could step into. They were stepping into the unknown. What a courageous step. And I also think now back at the fact that when they stepped into that role, they were in their 30s like myself. And I think to myself, what was hanging in the balance of their yes? What would, what would have happened to my life and so many other lives if they, didn't, if they just used those opportunities and say, you know what, this really isn't our space. I don't know if this is something that we could accomplish and do, so maybe we'll just wait for somebody else to do it. Instead, they stepped into the mix. And Sandy Pfeiffer, uh, she would come to me and, and the level of innovation and creativity and her, her passion per, per, uh, for perfection to reach young kids uh, was so incredibly profound. She would always have these crazy, uh, weird uh, ideas. One, she comes to me, she goes, Tyler. At this time, I was probably 11, 10 years old. And she goes, Tyler, you know Bill Nye, the science guy, right? I go, yeah. She goes, Tie dye, the science guy. And I go, where are you going with it? She goes, we'll get you wearing a tie dye shirt and your name's Ty and you'll have a tie dye shirt on. Sila. No, I don't know, I don't know where you're going. And she goes, no, what if we created these like 10, 15 minute videos and we took science and we took the Bible and we just talked about the gospel, but we talked about things that would capture the attention of young kids' heart and we would film these and then we'll just send those out to all the kids in church. This is how Sandy lived her life continually. I go, do we have the ability to do that? What's our budget? She's like, we got a camcorder. We don't need a budget. I go, we don't, what, where are we gonna get the shirt? She goes, I'll figure it out. She, I don't know if she stole stuff. I don't know how she did. At children's ministers know, you just steal stuff. And you're like, it's for the Lord, it's fine. She comes in, she's got a lab coat for me. She's got a tie-dye shirt. She's got these glasses that make me look like a scientist and much smarter than I was, all this kind of stuff. Don't know where she got them from. She'd use Barbie dolls, whatever she could find to just make a story. And she comes to me and she, she goes, Tyler, we're gonna film this. And, and uh, like Netflix, sometimes seasons get canceled. We went five episodes. Uh, I blamed it on the budget. We just didn't have the budget to keep going. Some said it was a storyline being a bit derivative. I don't think that's the case at all. It certainly wasn't the talent. Uh, and so she, so she goes, Tyler, this is what we're gonna do. And this is how Sandy lived her life. 
And Sandy didn't have the best product necessarily. She didn't have the thing that the best program or pyrotechnics. If something was on fire, it wasn't intentional. Uh, and it happened. I love, man, you know the fire stories. It's, this, is, this is how Sandy operated. And Sandy, for me, was somebody who gave me shiny eyes. Because you know what she said after we did these tie-dye videos where I would, I would talk and, and practice with cue cards and, and film? You know what she said to me? She said, Tyler, you have the gift of communication. I was, I was 10 or 11 years old. And people said, Tyler, you talk a lot. <laughs> they never said you're a good communicator. Shiny eyes. She opened up the possibility of a whole new area of life that I had never considered. John Pfeiffer, her husband, was no better in youth. He was this incredibly passionate guy. If you think that I move my hands a lot when I talk, John Pfeiffer uses his entire body to preach the gospel. This was his move. John, if you're here, just can't see it for the camera. He would continually use his entire body to communicate points of passion to reach teenagers for the gospel. We'd have 30 or 40 kids in our youth group, and he would continually do whatever it takes to reach teenagers. And if you're, if you work for UPS or FedEx, you know the hours that drivers work. I mean, it's, I, I worked at UPS uh, at the end of high school, and I would watch the drivers come in because I'd pack the trucks. They'd come in at 7 a.m. They'd be dropping packages off 7 p.m., 8 p.m., on a continual basis. And he worked these incredibly long hours. This ordinary guy, never reached teens before, but he had a passion to go after the next generation. And he would come, not, not uh, down, he would come with incredible amounts of energy, like he was hopped up on Mountain Dew, and he would do whatever it takes to capture the imagination of teenagers. And he, he was one of the first to invite me onto any sort of leadership team. He said, Tyler, I think, I think you have what it takes to help our team reach the next generation in, in the East Coast of North Carolina. It's about 10 or 15 on the team. And I remember one night he's preaching a message, he's moving around, he's pacing, he's doing all these crazy things and just doing whatever he can just to keep the attention of, of teenagers and high school students. If you do that, you know how hard it is. And I remember he starts talking about the purpose and the future of God that, he, that God has for each and every one of us as students. And I'm running sound and doing lights and I don't remember exactly what he said. I just remember that he was asking some of these questions and the Holy Spirit began to speak to me. And he said, hey, Tyler, if you could do anything, what would you wanna do? What gives you the most fulfillment and happiness? And at the time, I was 15 years old. I played a bunch of sports, primarily hockey. And then the Holy Spirit just asked, he said, if you could become an NHL star, is that something you'd wanna do? I thought about it. I said, I'm not really sure. And he said, what if you made it in the NHL? and you became like the next Wayne Gretzky, a Hall of Famer, would that be enough for you? And you know what, you know what uh, came the next, the next question from him? Was when he asked the question, where do you find your most happiness? It wasn't flying down the rink in hockey. I found that my most happy moments in my life was when I got to go to leadership meetings at Shapers, which is the name of our youth group. I found most fulfillment when I got to connect with other kids my age, leading our community, doing everything we could to reach people. And when, I, when the Lord asked me, what is it that you want to do? I look up and I see John Pfeiffer pacing back and forth preaching the gospel. And I go, whatever that guy has, that's what I want. John Pfeiffer and Sandy Pfeiffer, they gave everything that they absolutely had for us. And that was absolutely enough. I'm in my 30s now. And I'm sitting here talking about what 
what a, a single or a, a stay-at-home mom and a UPS driver, how they impacted my life 15 years ago or so. Still talking about it to this day. What they gave and what they did, it produced shiny eyes in my life. I remember moving here in 2010 and I remember the first time the Lord used my life to impact and to give shiny eyes to somebody else. We were, uh, we did this group called Tribe and it was for 15 to 18 year old young men. And the whole idea was we wanted just to prepare them for the life ahead as they get into college, talking about managing your finances, working hard, uh, walking with purity and relationships of all kinds, that kind of stuff. And one of the things that we would do is we'd have these prophetic nights where we'd pray, uh, we'd pray for each of the young men. And I remember uh, praying for this one young man and the picture that I had was the Lord walking through a field. And as he gets into the field, he picks up this young man's heart and begins to stretch it out. And it gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And the word that I had for him is he's standing right there in front of me. The, the picture that I had, I just said, man, I felt like the Lord was showing me how big your heart is. And all he said to me was that I would have never made such a big heart and put it in a young man like this unless I had a big purpose for his life. And you gotta know this for 15 or 18 year old boys, we can be rowdy, we can be passionate, we can run around and be crazy, but if you cry, we will haze you. But he looks up at me and immediately eyes connect and I see him just well up and tears start flowing down his eyes. And it was in that moment, without saying a word, and, and Greg and I were talking about this earlier this week, he's like, there's these moments that happen where it's as if the Lord takes a tuning fork and he just strikes it in the room and all the noise of the world just gets sucked out like a vacuum. And in that moment, you pause, and it's just two individuals having this shiny eye moment. And eternity is in the room. And it was just in that moment that the boy was like, you get me. You see me. And I'm telling you, that moment was where I was ruined for the rest of my life. And I said, whatever this is, I'm going to give my life to chasing it down. It is like bottling up lightning in a bottle. I have no idea how it actually happens. I just know that I wanna pursue an opportunity where we would create an environment here that this, this opportunity, this magic would happen as often as we possibly can because it will ruin your life in the best possible way. There should be a warning on the label of that bottle. If you have a taste of this, you'll be addicted forever. And this is the dream that Jesus has when it comes to the local church how we are called to operate as a community at all times. We are agents that make shiny eyes in the lives of people, men, women, children, those who know the Lord and those who are far from God. This is the responsibility of every single one of us. And you say, Tyler, what does this have to do with Grace Team's? Grace Team is our, our, uh, our way of trying to bottle this lightning up. We wanna create an environment, an opportunity where you would come in contact with somebody else, that you would bring your very best, your excellence, and that as you serve willingly, as you step in courage like John and Sandy or a very naive 20-year-old trying to reach 15 to 18-year-olds, no matter what your background is, no matter how ordinary you think you are, whatever you have in your hand, whatever resources you have, God says that that is enough. What he is asking us for is a willing heart to serve. What he's asking us for is that when we walk into the doors at Northlands, he, we recognize the fact that we are called to commit ourselves to this great purpose, that we are here to make shiny eyes. That's what we do here. And when you sign up to be on a grace team, that is what you are committed to do. No matter what grace team you're on, every single leader knows this is what we are trying to accomplish, to create environments that make shiny eyes. This was what Jesus had in mind when he designed the Ecclesia. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 12. I just wanna read this piece for us. It says this, For just as the body is one and has many members, 
And all the members of the body, though many, are one body. So it is with Christ, for in one spirit we were all baptized into one body. Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and all were made to drink of one spirit. For the body does not consist of one member, but of many. If the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. We don't use the things in our life to disqualify us. We are a part of the great purpose of God. Verse 16, and if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the, uh, the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them as he chose. If all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many members, yet one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again to the head or uh, to the feet, I have no need of you. Verse 22 is what captured me this week from this passage. On the contrary, the parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. I love that. I don't care if you just gave your life to Jesus today. I don't care if you've been walking with him for 20 years. I don't care if you're a, a UPS driver, a stay-at-home mom, a young 20-something, uh, you work in a bakery, you work at a coffee shop, and you say, I'm just an ordinary guy, I'm just an ordinary gal. What do I have to bring to reach the next generation? What do I have to bring to a church body? What is it that I can produce? The Lord's saying, whatever you have and wherever you are, I am not looking for a better version of you or I'm not looking for a cookie-cutter version of someone else that you think is better qualified. What you have is enough and what you bring is indispensable. If you're here and you're watching from home, I just want you to know, we, again, we absolutely love you. And so many of you are at this place of being at high risk and you, uh, you, you, you have uh, pre-existing conditions or perhaps you work in the medical field and, and you're doing us a grace and favor by just not wanting to expose us to all the extra things that you've come in contact with. I just want you to know if you felt in this last year, this season, that you felt like your hands have been cuffed because you've not been able to serve on the team that you've served on for years, I want you to know you are an indispensable part of who we are. You make us us. Verse 25, that there may be no division in the body, but that the members may have the same care for one another. If one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. Jesus says, I am building an ecclesia. And the purpose that I've dreamed up for it, the great dream that I've dreamed up of it is so profound. I don't know about you because he's talking to a bunch of fishermen. If you had a purpose that profound, that incredible, I don't know how you would pick up your team, but I would start going, okay, who's NASA got? What are the best engineers? Give me the best salespeople. Give me the best business leaders. Give me the best uh, uh, soldiers. Give me, the, give me the best of the best of the best because we have a massive purpose. We have something that matters. We have something that's gonna absolutely change the world. And you know what Jesus did? He picked ordinary men and women. And he said, you have enough to be an indispensable member of my movement. Jesus didn't just want to make a body whole. He wanted to make a body in forward motion and on mission. And he says that he needs you. We find our purpose when we take our position in the body. If you want to know the purpose that God has for your life, you have to be able to look to the left and right of you and say, God, how am I to make shiny eyes on the people around me right now? right here. Like an arm needs a hand. When you are not here, man, we notice. We desperately miss you. We pray for you. When you're not here to bring your strength, we miss you like crazy. 
And when you are here and you bring your strength and you are just excelling in the things of God and the passion uh, that God has put in your heart, you're doing it, we celebrate it. Why? Because your win is our win. And this has to go with saying because of the year that we had, I just want you to know if you're in a season where you are hurting and you're saying, Todd, I don't know if I can serve. I just want you to know when you are suffering, when your eyes go dim and you're losing the shine, that's like our eyes going dim. And it might be a season for you just to receive and be refreshed. You know, there's prophetic words here at Northlands that we've used continually. It says that we are called to be an oasis. What it is and what it is not, we are called to be an oasis. We're not called to be a spa sidel. A spa sidel, you go for the goal, I wanna just stay here forever. An oasis is something that's pitched out in the desert. It's great when you're walking the desert, but nobody goes out in the desert to get to an oasis. They go to the desert, they see the oasis, they are refreshed and they move forward because they're called to get out of the desert. We're a house where warriors come to drink, not where consumers come to just get some water. No, you are on a mission because you have a purpose in your life and we wanna refresh you. And if you are here because this last year and the year that, that, that we've had already has been difficult and hard, I just want you to know when you suffer, we feel that because you're a part of the body. You're not just an individual by yourself out in this world. You are a part of something far bigger and greater and you're a part of us and we're gonna do everything we can to make you whole, to transform your life. But more than that, we're gonna do everything in our power to make sure that your life is transformative. So back to these calls of action. If you're a guest in the house, I don't know if you were like me when I was 10 or 11 and Sandy Pfeiffer goes, Tyler, you got a gift for communication. Or as I've been talking about purposes, something's been awakening in your soul to say, you know what, my life does matter for far more than just getting by. If that's you, all I'm asking you to do, like Alice in Wonderland, see how far the rabbit hole goes. There is something more. If there's a message that we wanna send from our pulpit, there is more that God has for your life. There's a giant of a God in you and he dreams great, great dreams for you. And all I want you to do is go to the About Us class next week and just ask some questions. Would you explore a little further? Would you see what more there is? It is our heart's desire to do good for you in your life and to help you, but not just to see your life restored. We wanna see you become a part of the mission because what we are doing here is something that Jesus spoke about a couple thousand years ago, and it's a great purpose that is still going on today. If you're here today and you're a member, Today, this Sunday, and next Sunday, we are signing up for Grace Team, and you have the pamphlets in front of you on the chair. I want you to sign up for a team, but I want you to recognize what you are signing up for. It's not just that you're signing up to be on an individual team or perhaps a couple different teams. What you are signing up for is you are saying, when you check the box, you're saying, I wanna make shiny eyes. Lord, I'm trusting you to figure out how that works. Lord, bring me that lightning in a bottle. We are here to make shiny eyes, and when you take the step of just checking one of those boxes, you are saying, Lord, would you use my life to radically transform somebody else's life? And that is something that is worth giving our life for. Now, if you're, if you're a member that's online, I just want you to know, we've been really thinking about this this year and what service looks like in 2021. Uh, so there's actually a couple different teams uh, for you to serve on, and we're continually working with all of our Grace teams to ask the question, how can we continually engage those who are uh, at home? How can they be serving the body because we want the strengths that you bring. You're an indispensable part. But for right now, here's a couple different teams that you can be a part of. I just have them listed down. The maintenance team, uh, the food pantry team, the special projects team, the admin team, care community, care connection, 
web marketing, social media, that whole crew, the setup and teardown team. So if you go to, to our website and you click on the Grace teams, you're going to see a little asterisk next to all of those teams. And the point is, is that those teams are either serving in solo type projects or in very small teams where they're able to be uh, extra distant from other people. And we would love for you to sign up and be on one of those grace teams. It might, be, it might be a team that you've never signed up for before because you've usually served on a Sunday morning. Can I just ask you to be courageous, like my, my children's pastor, my youth pastor, to step into the unknown, to do something you've never done before and just know that God is gonna meet you in this place. It's not about fulfilling a function, we're not here to use people to get tasks done. We wanna use these tasks to grow people and we wanna give you the opportunity to make shiny eyes. The question isn't about, do I have what it takes to be on this team? The question is, if I get on this team, can I make shiny eyes? And that answer is absolutely. And so we want you to join a team. What would it look like if 100% of our members and anybody who walks in the door, when, they, when we walk in next Sunday, that we would have it in our minds that we are not here to re just receive something, but that we are here to make shiny eyes, that we are committing to the great purposes of God for our life and to unlock those purposes in someone else's. Bring your strength, Northlands Church. Let's pray together. Lord, thank you so much for today. Thank you for the mission that is the local church. Lord, we absolutely respond and believe that, th that you designed the church to be the hope of the world, that we are called to be a city, like a light set on a hill, drawing people out of a world of darkness. Lord, we wanna be your hands and feet. We wanna be used by you. Lord, we're not just after having a life that is good, but we want a life that, is, that matters. So Lord, we're asking, would you transform our hearts and our minds? But more than that, would you take our hearts and our minds and our whole lives, and would you use our lives to be transformative in the world around us? In Jesus' name.